Welcome to Battleground Politics. I'm Lauren Make. In 2024, the spotlight will be on voters in our area. So throughout this year, I'm going to be out in the community talking to people about what's important to them, how they're feeling, how they're voting, or maybe how they're working to get others to vote. That's where we start today in Philadelphia. Now we know Philadelphia is a heavily Democratic city, but whether voters turn out and whether Republicans can peel some votes away could have a big impact on the presidential race in Pennsylvania. I talked to Democratic ward leader Sharon Vaughn. Are you more worried that voters here will vote for former President Trump or more worried that they will just stay home? I I'm more worried that they will just stay home. That's Vaughn, who's also a former council member. There are things that we're suffering from as a res result of that Trump administration. So we got to make sure that he doesn't have an opportunity to come in and hurt us again. And that's what I really mean, hurt us as Democrats or hurt us as the citizens of, these, of the United States. We talked outside in Philly. You'll hear some of the traffic going by. We also talked about the Biden-Harris campaign reaching black voters in the city. Do you think that they are talking enough to black voters? I think they need to uh, stump the grounds a little more, Laura, um, especially Kamala in the, in the communities, because if you are listening to someone that looks like you, that is successful, you might tend to follow them. When it comes to connecting with voters and motivating them to vote in the presidential race, Vaughn also said local leaders in City Hall can make a difference. Here's that part of the conversation. We need to make sure that people understand the value. If we can make it valuable to vote, if we can make it like getting a paycheck, that's a value. If you come and vote, you're going to get paid in some way for doing, exercising something that is your right, something our forefathers have fought for years to make it possible for us to even do. And if you don't vote, as we've said many times before, you don't count, but you have to pay attention to the people that we are electing. You have to pay attention to their agenda and what they stand for in order to make things better. What are you seeing in your ward um, in terms of the enthusiasm and um, the voting frequency over the years. Yes. I mean, ha what what have you seen over over the past few cycles? Well, people are getting excited because we um, are getting a little more done. Simple things like potholes, simple things like sinkholes being addressed quicker, um, brighter streetlights. That's an initiative that's happening now across the city of Philadelphia. Things that make you feel a little more safer walking home at night and being able to park your car and not being scared to death to walk back to your home. Uh, cleaner streets is making a difference. The little things of, that, that affect our daily quality of life is making it better for us and making people want to say, okay, who made this happen? And I want to support that person. That's really interesting. So you think success uh, of local officials at the local level could actually impact whether people come out to vote in a presidential race? Absolutely. Why not uh, follow or take the suggestion of your local leader that is helping your daily life better why not follow them if they're if they're supporting the person that they believe can serve us the best? That's and I believe so that's that going to happen. Like what's going to happen? Do you think that 
the the success um, of the the Parker um, administration over the next six, seven, eight months could impact. Oh, indeed. What people you, do in November? You don't think we're watching Kensington and we can ride through now and see that it's cleaner, that it's not congested with the population that used to be there? Those people are going to come out and vote because they like that. That's something they've been praying for. And if there's something in my community that I've been complaining about, like I complained about dark streets in Feltonville, absolutely it's going to make our people come out and say, Thank you, Mayor Parker. We appreciate it. And we're going to come out and continue to vote for people like you that, ta that are taking our interests seriously. That, that means that, that that's a lot of pressure on the Parker administration and on oh, Mayor Parker did. in terms of what happens with the presidential election. But she made us a lot of promises that she would do in 100 days, didn't she? She told us a lot of things. She printed a book that we can use as a roadmap and we can pay attention to did this happen in the time frame that she promised us that will give us more hope in the, the things that politicians say to us to get elected if we could get results i also recently visited a barber shop in west oak lane the northwest part of the city not far from where mayor sherelle parker is from i talked to mikhail ellis the owner of high level cuts here's part of that conversation obviously we're in the barber shop so we talk a little bit about politics talk a little about bit about everything so the feel that I get is that um, people just don't understand why are some why is so much money going out of the United States instead of into the pockets of uh, families, you know, us that we're here that we need it. Um, I do see the employment rate or the unemployment rate going down. There are a lot of hires, but we are nowhere near where the economy should be at. Uh, the poverty level is still pretty high. What is how what what are the measures that you look at? Like how do you how do you kind of like tell that things are going well or things are not going well? Like what are the what are the uh, the signs for you of, of how things are really going? So. The telltale sign for, for us is the barbershop. A lot of people aren't coming to get their hair cut as much as they used to because the economy is not doing too good. A lot of people don't have extra money. So that's one of the last things they're gonna do. They, rather, they have to pay their bills, which a lot of people are struggling. The, uh, the rates are still high, rent. Our homes are expensive, so a lot of people are renting, but a lot of people are struggling to pay rent because of the amount of money that they are making in the, in the workforce. It's just not enough. So the economy within the barbershop, we always know when the economy is doing good. And, and how what, does it feel right now? If it feels it's, it's low. We talked specifically about the presidential race and the attention this area is getting. Does it matter that President Biden is coming to Philadelphia a bunch? Does that make a difference at all? I think I like I think a lot of people are more aware of the fact that you're doing it because of politics. You're doing it because you want votes. 
we we've been down this road before. We voted you in office. You know. Did you vote for him in 2020? President Biden? Did I vote for him? Um, to be honest, I don't even know if I voted. You know? Um, I'm not really that pretty much excited. Now, I've been let down too many times um, to be, you know, rewarding, trying to reward somebody of a higher position, and then we don't get anything out of it. In order for you to go out and vote in November, is somebody going to have to motivate you to do it? Figure out a way to tell you Well, I would, to do it? I would like to hear incentives. You, you, you may hear Trump say a lot of obnoxious things. Um, some people even call them racist, uh, racist remarks. But there are things that he'll say, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do for you. Transactional. Yeah, he, he will tell you. So I'm looking for more incentive. I don't hear Biden talking about what he's going to do for us. He's just coming here saying, vote for me. Could Donald Trump, former President Trump, convince you to vote for him? Comparing the economy from when he was in office until when Biden was in office, it's like a lot of people are talking about they'd rather have Trump in office. The economy was doing much better. Economic indicators have been improving. Unemployment is under 4%. The economy itself has been growing. But a recent Monmouth University poll found more than 60% of respondents saying their family has not benefited much or at all. About a third saying they benefited some or a great deal. Well, joining me now to talk about what he found in that poll, Monmouth University pollster Patrick Murray. Patrick, great to talk to you. It's good to be with you, Lauren. So let's dig into these numbers. Uh, are there things that seem to be determining factors of whether people are feeling a benefit in their own homes? Uh, it seems to be. Uh, and we have to go back to uh, our economic polling for in, in, in the polling industry for generations here. Uh, between 1990 and 2020, uh, there was a certain number of factors that people would consider uh, in terms of how they thought about how they were doing with the economy. And let's, I don't know what that exact number of factors are, but let's call that number X. But since 2020, that number has been X plus one. And that plus one has been inflation, something that we haven't really had to deal with uh, in any significant way in a generation. And that is the factor that appears to be changing pe people's perceptions about how they're doing, even with the stock market record hitting record highs, unemployment uh, at uh, you know historical lows, uh, productivity high, yet we still feel that 40% of, uh, or we find that 40% of the public say that they're not getting any benefit at all from this growing economy. And that's much different than the kind of numbers that we saw uh, in either the Trump or Obama administration. So before the pandemic hit, uh, that would be where only about a quarter said that they weren't getting any benefit from the growing economy back then. The, the, the addition of inflation is one of the factors now that people use to determine how they're doing. Uh, the fact that their grocery bills are significantly higher than they were four years ago seems to be the determining factor about why Joe Biden basically is not getting a lot of credit uh, for you know, helping people out as the economy is growing.
You're basically seeing where the larger economy and people's personal uh, monthly budgets diverge. Yeah, or at least their perceptions of it. I mean, yeah. we do know that, you know, according to economic indicator, indicators, wages have grown at the same time that inflation has, has gone up. Now, to the extent that in each household that they've kept up with that inflation um, is one question. But another question is just the way people perceive things. Um, and so even if your wages have gone up, the one thing that you know, you, you know when you look at your grocery bill is how much more it is than it was four years ago. How much more a lot of you know what you pay for uh, building materials what you pay for uh you know your energy bill all those things are significantly higher than they were four years ago and that matters more to you you don't you don't really factor in well i'm getting making more money you simply look at that big number and say that's jumped a lot more than it used to jump from year to year when we only had inflation rates of two or three percent uh so that is the factor that that colors people's perception so they might be in, in terms of their own economic stability, probably, you know, nearly as stable as they were four years ago. But it's the fact that that just that that grocery bill has jumped so much changes their perception of how they're doing. How, how stubborn do those opinions tend to be? How, how much does it take to move them? Well, I mean, we're, we're in a different situation. Uh, those numbers used to move fairly easily uh, prior to the pandemic. Uh, and prior to that, that huge inflation hit, uh, now they're colored so significantly. And, and, and this all even started before the pandemic. You no, know, we started seeing uh, partisanship creep in as a filter through which people viewed their own economic well-being. There's a question that we've asked, uh, regardless of how the economy is doing, a question that we've asked uh, for, for basically forever in polling, which is, how are you doing uh, nowadays? Are you getting ahead, falling behind, or, or basically stable? in your own family's economic well-being. And what I saw in our own polling over the years, particularly the past uh, 10 years, is that there is a significant increase in the number of people who answer that question, not based on their own uh, well-being when we ask them questions about you know, the bills that they pay, how they're doing with their jobs, but on how they view themselves politically. Are they uh, Republican or Democrat? And who's in charge? Who's in the White House? So if you're a Republican with a Democrat in the White House or a Democrat with a Republican in the White House, you become much more likely to give a negative review of how you're doing personally uh, in, a, in a way that we didn't never saw before. That, that, that sometimes matters much more than you sitting down and saying, well, can I easily pay my bills or not? Uh, seems to be less of a factor in mean, the way people answer almost any question in polling nowadays. Uh, it's it's filtered through that partisan lens. Yeah, you and you've asked these questions before um, in previous administrations about the credit that uh, yep. administrations are getting for an upturn in the economy. How does what you're seeing right now compare to to some of the the other times when you've asked that question in the Trump administration, the Obama administration? Yeah, I, Biden is doing uh, more poorly in, in that area. I mean, about, you know, when you look at the growing economy, about um, it, it's no more than half give him at least some credit. So, and most of that is grudging credit for the fact that the economy has grown at all, um, which is something that you, you would usually see a much higher correlation between uh, the president's rating and uh, the job he's doing. Um, and I think that the key there is that when we ask questions such as are you helping you know middle class families uh which is a question that we've asked of of all three administrations all three recent administrations uh, joe biden does it gets a much worse uh rating on that um 
on that metric than pretty much anybody uh, that we've rated is that the, there's a sense that, you know, just whatever his policies are, they're just not trickling down, uh, you know, to the, to the middle class. Uh, we just have, you know, 16% say that the middle class has benefited a lot from Biden's policies. 45% say that they've benefited, that middle class has benefited not at all. And uh, that, uh, that number is lower than what we've seen, particularly going into a re-election year. So, you know, if we look at um, uh, back in, in 2019, so the year before uh, the last election, uh, uh, Donald Trump was doing a little better than that. Only 36% say the middle class wasn't benefiting at all, which is still, you know, not a great number, but it's certainly a better number than we're seeing for Joe Biden right now. That's striking for someone like President Biden, who had a nickname of middle class Joe. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the key. That's that's where, um, you know, the perception is not meeting what the expectation was going to be. And that's also part of the game here. Right. Is that he was going to be you know, fighting for the middle class. And, you know, to a certain extent, a lot of what happened with the economy was out of his hands when he came into office. But, you know, inflation was already going up. Uh, by the time he came into office, but it continued to go up and, and it hit its high while he was in office. And, you know, basically what we're seeing in the perceptions that we're measuring is that he's he's got to own that. Um, and it's very difficult to, unless we see prices suddenly drop and we get into deflation, uh, it's very difficult for him to overcome this perception that it happened on his watch. And what we don't know from the data that you've collected so far is how much of a factor um, people's own personal views about um, their own finances or the economy in general will be in, in their vote, whether they will use that as the driving factor in their vote. I know uh, as I've talked to people, I've heard things from both sides. I've, I've heard people uh, say things aren't going well. It's, I can't afford what I used to be able to afford, but then they have told me that they don't blame President Biden and that they're voting for him anyway. Uh, and then I've also heard people say, well, I, I think things were better under President Trump. And that makes people you know, that, you know, that makes people feel that, that that maybe he would be a better choice. So I've heard it both ways that people use it as a factor or don't use it as a factor. From your experience, where does it get to a point where there is a tipping point that it, it, it becomes the driving factor? Is there something that that prompts that tipping factor? Well, you got to you got to think about the people that you're talking to is that the vast majority of them have a very strong partisan identity They're, So the reason why it's a factor or not a factor is because of their partisan identity. So, for example, when we ask straight out, uh, you know, do you approve or disapprove of the job that uh, Joe Biden's done on inflation? That's one of the worst, basically the worst policy area that we've uh, tracked on him. Uh, half only half of Democrats give him good marks on how he's handled inflation, but all of them are going to vote for him if he's on the ballot in November. Um, and that's because it, it over, not that it's not an important issue for them, but other concerns override for them on that issue, that there are other issues that, you know, about, about the direction of the country that are significantly more important. So to your question about the tipping point, there are a small group of voters who are still persuadable. Uh, they're a very small group of, of voters, much smaller than they were, you know, even 10 years ago. But 
when we look at how our elections have been decided over the past few years, our presidential elections have been based on just tens of thousands of voters across a few states in the Electoral College, that small number now becomes decisive. So the tipping point is not the tipping point for the Democrats and Republicans who you've been talking to, because there is no such tipping point, is they're sticking with their partisan identity. The tipping point is for the, that less, uh, less engaged uh, a voter who will come out and vote in the presidential election, but isn't as tied tightly to uh, a partisan identity. Uh, there are fewer of them than there ever were before, but there's still enough of them in a close election, which we've been having, that can decide the outcome. A lot to keep watching as 2024 rolls on. Patrick Murray from Monmouth University, appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. We'll continue having those conversations with voters throughout our region and throughout this year. And you can find more Battleground Politics on our website, nbcphiladelphia.com slash battlegroundpolitics, or wherever you get your podcasts.